This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. Sometimes bad things happen and impacts you in a way that you weren't anticipating. Since I don't like feeling bad, we're going to do something about it. Welcome to the fun show. Today's episode is brought to you with support from Professional Builder. Hi everyone, I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. And today we are talking about, well, whatever we want. Nice. Notre Dame Cathedral suffered a tragic fire this last week, and it put Andrew and me in a somber mood. But I'm ready to have some fun today, so a bit of a course correction is in order, and we are going to do something to have a good time. Sounds like a good plan, my friend. I like it. I'm in a mood to kind of enjoy myself. Yeah, not think about the bad stuff. Not think about bad stuff. So frequently for me, and I would venture to say that this is true for almost everyone, the best trips and holidays I've taken have typically involved some sort of adventure and how that adventure went sideways. So the reason this topic came up is Andrew and I were talking about Notre Dame as it was burning. Yeah. And then I felt fairly lucky that not only had I been able to see it a few times, but I was able to bring my wife and daughter there and we were able to experience it as a family. And Andrew pointed out that he had not yet been able to see the cathedral. No, and it made me very sad actually to watch that. Different feeling. Yeah. Sad, sadness, but a different, a whole different kind, I think. Yeah. You know, and I, I saw some people post stuff on Facebook and other media platforms where they're saying, you know, it's not the first time this building's caught on fire. You know, it got bombed oh, yeah. by the Germans. Yeah. At almost a discount that you shouldn't feel, Andrew. You know, you shouldn't feel the it way you feel. Bad, yeah. Who cares? They're going to rebuild it and you'll go see it. Yeah. And you'll go see it and it'll be the same. It and won't I, be, though. It won't be the same. I don't think so. Because part of what was destroyed were. You know, 800-year-old timber-framed, you know, they call it the forest. The forest, yeah, up in the top. Yeah, it's gone. Gone for good. Burnt like crazy. So I started thinking about, I wrote a post because I I wanted some way to kind of process the fact this was sad. But I wasn't just sad for me. I was sad for the people who actually live in Paris and the people who live in France. And they see this as like a thing that identifies with them and who they are. Like a sense of pride for something, yeah, in their country. So I started thinking about, well, when I went with Kate and my wife, Michelle. So Kate was five years old. This was really going to be like, really the first time we'd taken an architectural kind of adventure trip since Kate had been born. Really, we'd just been taking beach vacations because she was still taking naps once or twice a day, that kind of thing. And we wanted to control what kind of food she was eating. And so at five, she was five. She was about to be six. She was probably, I don't know, three months away from being six. So we thought, let's go to Paris. And I will tell you that the first time I went was when I was in college. And I didn't love it. Part of the reason I didn't love it is there was a garbage strike going on while we were there. (laughs) And so none of the trash was being picked up. And it was like walking past a five foot tall, constant like hedge of stinky garbage. It was medieval Paris at that point is what it was. It It really was. was. Everything's in the gutter and all that kind of stuff. Their dogs were doing their business all over the sidewalks and nobody's picking it up. Sounds like fun. But it was a good time. It wasn't a great time. And I went to a nighttime service at Soccer Corps. I was just like, oh my God, it's so amazing. It was beautiful. And they turned off all the artificial lights and everything was illuminated with candles. Mm-hmm. And they're singing and the way the sound was reverberating ver- through the space on the inside was just I mean, it made me want to be, find religion. It's so amazing. Amazing, huh? And I walk out, and I'm kind of on this high of life is great, people are awesome, and I see somebody 
like hit a woman in the head with like a brick and steal her camera and run off. <laughs> I mean, I'm not laughing at the situation, <laughs> but I'm just the juxtaposition of that, right? Of being like, yeah, that's great. Well, bam. I know. And she got clobbered. Wow, and, and he grabbed her camera and took off. And I thought, God, pair sucks. <laughs> you know, it's like I went from such a, this is amazing. I can't wait to find Lord and Savior in my heart because if you get to listen to music like that all the time, I'm in. Yeah, Count me you, in. Euphoria. And then literally like two minutes later, somebody gets like knocked unconscious. It was terrible. My first experience there was very clinical. Was, here's a list of all these buildings. Go check them out. But I was young enough to where I didn't really understand context and history. It was just, it was like detailing. That's what I was looking at. You know, yeah, here, here how it is. did this go together? How did that go yeah. together? How's it, yeah, well, you're not really... Getting the whole picture, you're kind of focused on the smaller parts of it at that point. Yeah. My sketchbooks are full of like how to diagram a church, how the load transfers down through the wall and out to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So when we went back as grownups, Michelle and I brought our daughter with us, I had this huge list. Okay. Day one, we're going to do these four things. Day two, we're going to do these six things. Day three, we're going to do these 15 things. It just kept going on and on and on. Kate was not having that. Yeah. We did one thing each day. We ended up the first day, and we went and saw the cathedral on the first day. It was awesome. Every, yeah. It was an adventure, and she was just like, I don't know what I'm looking at, but it's like bigger than anything that I've processed in my life mm-hmm. before. Yeah. And, you know, we're eating ice cream, and she's putting a dollar in some guy's hat who's playing the, this little rickety piano on a bridge. And I mean, it was just like this cultural awakening. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. But she was so tired that I basically had to carry her or on my shoulders for two-thirds of the day. Mm-hmm. While I like to think at that time in my life, I was in pretty decent shape. It wasn't fun hauling around however heavy this little child was for that long. 30 pounds, 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. So that night at the hotel, we said, we we started slashing and cutting all these things that we were going to (laughs) do. The lists got shorter. They got a lot shorter. And what we decided is that we were going to basically do one thing in the morning, one thing in the middle of the day, and one thing in the afternoon. And of those three things, one of them almost always had to include a park. You know, which I never would have put a park, park on your list. On yeah, my to-do list. Little kids, right? Yeah. Little kids. First off, public spaces and parks in Paris are amazing. They're yeah. great. We spent time chasing birds and we got these go-karts that were human powered. Like I pushed, Kate steered. Oh, all right. And it was just a blast. We had so much fun. And so now when I think back to my memories from that trip, the architectural memories are built around the us having fun memories sure i can see that so i think first of like the go-kart and then i think oh and we were in this park and we were in this area everything stems from the go-kart or when i think about walking around the outside of the louvre what i remember is kate sailing a boat in one of the water features out front before we moved into the louvre so everything was kind of built around it and i thought as we start thinking about this show the fun show i started thinking you know every cool holiday or break i've been on What's made it great really has nothing to do with the thing that I went to go do on that holiday. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I would say sometimes yes, sometimes no. Just depends. As a single traveler, it gets a little bit different on you. Do you do much single traveling? I mean, any of the traveling I do now is pretty much that way, but not like crazy travel, though. Yeah, I don't mean like driving up from College Station. No, no, no. But no, I mean, even if I go somewhere, it's it's typically maybe by myself or with one other person, if it's friends or somebody that I meet. But Yeah, and you know, and to my point, it doesn't have to be family. Yeah. Because I know most of the people that either listen to the show or, or correspond with me, they're they're young and they, they haven't started that part of their life yet. So sure. for them, it's about, hey, I've never seen this. I'm going to go there. 
And normally they drag someone along with them. Could just be a friend, could be a boyfriend, could be a girlfriend. As I've gotten older, I do less architecture on those trips and more adventure on those trips. It makes the architecture that much better because now it's not 50 things I'm doing. It's like two and they're high quality. I get it. The filtering helps some. Yeah. I would assume, I mean, my daughter's older as well, so that you can actually start kind of going back to making the lists a little bit longer when you travel now. Because you're not going to have to carry around your 14-year-old on your piggyback at 2 o'clock for the rest of the day. The interest level might not be there still. Yeah, but the ease in doing it and they're still going to participate. They might not totally love it, but they're still going to go like, yeah, I mean. So we kind of have an unspoken deal in our house, and that is when we go on holiday, it can't be an architecture holiday. But it can include some architectural component to it in either a substantial way for like a single day. Or little hits along day, the way. Yeah. yeah. So I started thinking about some of the adventures that I went on. I want to ask you about like the first holiday that you took when you paid for it. So my first holiday that I paid for, this would have been in 1992. I was with my friend Mike Busing. Shout out to Mike Busing. Who actually I'm going to see in two weeks in Chicago. We're having a four guys from architecture school are getting together to celebrate a 50th birthday. Oh, We're cool. all going to get together in Chicago and... It's going to be a lot of eating and drinking and architecturing. Nice. Well, yeah, if it's for architecture students, then you can really just, you're going to go look at all this stuff. Yeah, but of all the things we've scheduled, it's really like one architecture thing a day. Yeah. And they're like, and this restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And we're going to go to this bar and have a drink. Yes. But it was Mike Busing and I, and this was in the summer. It was probably, I don't know, a month or two after I graduated. It was hot. I think it was August. And we took about 10 days and we're going to do a tour of Indian ruins through the Southwest. And so I drove and I had a Jeep. And so we headed out, no top on the Jeep, doors half off. (laughs) And we made a rule that we weren't going to drive any interstates. We're going to take back roads everywhere. Double the trip time. Yeah, which was fine. yeah. Yeah, I think we probably averaged about 300 miles a day is how far we drove. That's not too bad. And we went through, I mean, we hit Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and clipped a little Nevada. And we went to Monument Valley and Chaco Canyon. We slept outside the entire time except for two nights. Mm. And one of the things that was funny was we got to Monument Valley. And you got to keep in mind, as a little precursor to this, up to this point in my life, if you drew a straight line between Dallas, Texas, and the area in Minnesota where my dad's family lives, That's really the only corridor of the United States I'd ever been in. Now, I've been in more countries than I have states at this point in my life. Yeah. And so this was all brand new to me. Hadn't seen this. Didn't understand what like a dry heat was. That was new. All I knew was Dallas heat. So we go to Monument Valley. I've never seen, you know, anything that looked like that in my life. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, it's amazing. And so we decide that we're going to climb up one of these mesas. And we have these like little lawn chairs that kind of sit on the ground. They're not tall ones. Yeah. And so we're like crawling up this crevice by pushing our hands and feet on one side of the rock and our back on the other and shimmying up to get to the top of this mesa. And I was like, I I can't carry my folding lawn chair. So I put it around my neck, which I look at that now and I go, I'm so lucky I didn't die. Because if I had slipped even a little, that chair would have like broke my neck for sure. So we get up to the very Is top. It movie 27 hours or whatever. 140 something hours. Yeah, 127 like hours. Off his, yeah, yeah. yeah. And no, I wouldn't have made that. It would have been done. Zero <laughs> hours is what that would have been. But we get up to the top. The sun setting. There's like a big storm rolling in across the plains. 
I'm like, this is, no one's ever been here before. Like what we had to do to get to this spot, the peril that we had to put ourselves in to reach that point. I'm sitting there thinking no human being has ever seen what I'm seeing. Exactly. And all of a sudden this little Indian girl goes, would you like to buy some jewelry? Like I, she like popped out of the ground like a leprechaun. <laughs> and I'm like, where did you come from? <laughs> like, You're like, how did you climb up that thing? I was like, where did, how did you get here? And and I was like, uh, no, we don't want any jewelry. And she goes like, okay. And she's trying. And there's like a, like a really easy path, like on the other side, some stairs. <laughs> so two architects, and it was not an architectural tour. But it was, if you were going to see, the whole point was to go see ruins. That's architectural. It was in an abstracted way yeah. to a certain extent. I mean, we had other adventures that were on that trip because at the very far end, we ended up in, because this is not a very, doesn't paint me in a good picture of this particular story. It shows how, how insulated I was. We get to Las Vegas. I've never been to the city of sin before. Mm. And I don't like to gamble. Really, it's just not my thing. I mean, I just assume give $20 to somebody and I feel good about it as opposed to lose it and I'd be mad. Yeah, right? that's true. Because I didn't have any money. I didn't have money when I was, you know, that sure. time of my life. So, so this was before the strip as we know it now existed. We went to a place called the Mirage. Yeah. Right. And there weren't any other super hotels around it. No, I know. Right? I, I was there in 90. When, were you, when is this for you? 92. Yeah, so I was there in like 95, and it was still yeah pretty. It's not like it was now. It's a lot, yeah, a lot less. Yeah, yeah. And so we stayed at a hotel called Circus Circus, which had flocked wallpaper, which for those of you that don't know what flocked wallpaper is, think of it as fuzzy. Yeah. And it had different color stripes going up and down, and then like elephants and giraffes and lions. Like that was the wallpaper. I knew it was so trippy, but we paid like $13. <laughs> it, yeah, was like, it was trippy. And I'm, I hope nobody struck a lighter in there. The whole place would have gone up. <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. So, but Mike's uncle was a blackjack dealer. He's like a pit boss. And mm. so we said, hey, we'll go. And at, at one of these big new, the Mirage, I think it was the Mirage. It was the one that's the pyramid, whatever that one is. So we go and I made a rule for myself. I said, $20 or 30 minutes, whichever one comes up first, I'm done at that point. Yeah. And the summer before, one of my summer jobs was I was a blackjack dealer at a local restaurant, game place. So I'm pretty good at blackjack. I'm like, I knew how to play. And so we found a table and I wanted like a couple hundred bucks. Nice. You know? Yeah. I don't know if it was two or $300. Paid for the circus circus wallpaper. Easily. And this was found money. So I was like, let's go out and just go crazy. Like do stuff like yeah. stuff that we would normally do. Cause I got all this money now, right? I'm flush with $300. Yeah. You and me, let's go do it. And so we go back to the hotel room to get cleaned up. Cause we want to look our best before we hit the town. Yeah. And so I go in take a shower and I'd never experienced, I guess it's soft water where I lather up and I can't rinse the soap off. Yeah. Soft. I'm like, I can't get the soap off. What's wrong with the soap? <laughs> And I come out of the shower eventually, and I tell Mike, I go, don't use the soap. There's something weird going on with soap. I couldn't get it off. And he's like, you're so stupid. It's soft water. That's not the soap issue. I was like, whatever. So he goes in to take a shower, and I get dressed. And I'm waiting, so I kind of lay down on the bed. You know, I'm just laying there. Next thing you know, I wake up, and it's morning. Like, it's morning time. <laughs> I look around, and I'm dressed. I'm in my, like, go out going and hit out the town clothes, yeah. on top of the bed. Like, I haven't moved. And I look over, Mike's sitting in a chair, asleep, with like his head on the jam, looking out the sliding glass door to the horizon. 
funny. And I go, Mike. And he wakes up and I go, what happened? And he goes, well, I got out of the shower and you were asleep and the sun was setting. So I thought I'd sit in this chair and watch the sunset. And he goes, I guess I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) So nothing. We didn't partying it up Vegas. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. Right. And we had to leave. So we left Vegas, you know, that moment right there. Yeah. There's a time, right? With all that money. And of course I was like, man, I wanted to, I was really looking forward to spending that money. You know, who knew what we were going to do? So we started stopping in like every dumpy little place on the way, drive back to Dallas. We bought like these two giant sombreros because <laughs> the sun's on us pretty good, but there's no top on my Jeep. Oh yeah, for sure. All right. right? Yeah. And so we're driving down the highway. These things are tied so tight around our necks to keep them from flying off. These two dudes driving a Jeep with gargantuan sombreros on. <laughs> Every, everybody was like honking their horn and like, look at those idiots. Yeah. <laughs> but I think back to that time. And what I remember most, like if you want me to like talk about the layout of Chaco Canyon or something. Yeah. Maybe, no idea. maybe yeah, a little bit, a little, bit, little yeah. bit, but I could tell you there's like a hundred other stories about all the things that happened on the way to and from. So I don't know if it qualifies as my first one, but I had a, a similar story with a buddy of mine from architecture school. Not so long. It was, a, it was just a three day trip that we planned impromptly in studio one day on Friday and said, hey, we really want to go up to uh, see Faye Jones Chapel in Arkansas. Yeah, it's a good trip. You know, it's a, quite the drive, and that was back before there was phones or anything like that, you know, so we had to map it out. We're like, I'm having to hold the map and figure out what we're going to do, and we just drive till it gets dark, and we pull over at some, what we think is a campground. We don't know. There's nobody manning it, but there's tents and stuff, and so we, <laughs> we, we had a tent. Could have been like a commune. Yeah, for, we don't know, because it, it was dark, and we were in sort of northeast texas and it's like two in the morning and so there's nobody there so we just get out we make the tent go to sleep we wake up the next morning and realize we're like not in a tent spot i mean we were on a campground but we had kind of like pulled off in the middle of the road you know <laughs> we're like oh okay and just kind of you're like in camped in the median <laughs> not exactly but yeah we weren't in the spot we we're supposed to be but that's fine and we rolled it up headed out drove the next rest of that next day to get up there because it's practically you know it's almost as far north you can get. It's pretty remote. And so little town that we actually, we, you know, splurged for a hotel room at that place. Whoa. And so actually, no, we drove that most that day. We got there. You know, it was dark when we got into Eureka Springs. And so we, <laughs> we got dressed and stuff. Kind of, we, you know, get ready. We're going to go out of town. We saw there's this bar here, this bar there, whatever. And this is about to be really terrible, stereotypical stuff. But man, we went into this bar and... We were the only people in that had shoes on, <laughs> right? We took a wrong turn somewhere, and there was a lot of overalls with no shirts wow. and that kind of stuff. And we, and yeah, it was like, dude, let's get it. We're going to have one drink, and we're going to leave because this is not good. I like that you felt that maybe your life was in trouble, it so was. let's only have one drink. Not <laughs> yeah, like, let's had, get out of here now. I had priorities, right? Yeah, I know. We don't want to insult these people. Well, we were kind of scared to be like, man, when we stick out, but we don't want to, we don't just run. We don't want to act like we're, we know that we stick out. I don't know. We get up the next morning and we're going to the chapel. And I don't know whether it's fortunate or un- Going to the chapel yes. and we're, is that what you're doing? Yes. Going to see Faye. It was Sunday, but we were not dressed for any sort of church mm, at all. You didn't have church clothes on. Didn't have, no. We were like in shorts or flip-flops, <laughs> you know, really classy. And, but the and people, this, this is on the heels of you making fun of yeah. Gomer for wearing no shirt, <laughs> no you shoes. You just gave him a Gomer name. I mean, it was really great to see the stuff because they had a 
docent type person that's there right specifically on sundays to keep people from being too obnoxious i guess because she was like you know you can walk around but you need to be quiet because they're having service but i think it was an interesting thing because i'd seen some pictures of it at that time and i've seen pictures since and it's always empty so you don't really get this sense of scale right in a way right which is really that her church it's all about the scale i know you know because it's so intimate and you can't realize it unless you see it i think in person but that helped enhance it right so there was like maybe 20 people in there in the church and the service, sort of what it was made for, and you could get a really good feel of the space. And I remember that being that as something that was architecture. But of course, like you say, the crazy incidents that me and my friend can refer to from now till forever. Yeah. Is what makes the trip more than anything. And that's always the first part that comes out. So I was on this trip to see this building, but Yeah, it, before I tell you about the amazing architecture. Yeah, let me, let tell, me tell you about, about this, this bar I went to and Yeah. You know. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's banjos and there's spittoons everywhere and you know. You know, it sounds like my kind of people. Corn honestly. cob pipes. I don't know. I like all that stuff. Yeah, I don't doubt it. Yeah. I didn't say I disliked it. I just mean <laughs> at that young age of my life, it made me a little nervous as a not much traveled youth also, right? Sure. You're being, you're being exposed to something that was unfamiliar to you. And of course, that's going to make anybody a little anxious. Yeah. And right. up until that time, any representation that I'd seen was on TV and movies. Life of an Architect will be back in just a moment. Published since 1936, Professional Builder is a leading business content provider for the U.S. housing industry. With a total reach of more than 250,000, Professional Builder serves home builders, design professionals, and other industry stakeholders through print, digital, video, social media, and in-person events. Professional Builder's various platforms deliver actionable content on key industry issues and trends, best business practices, design, construction, innovation and technology, sales and marketing, and the latest building products. Coming up on May 28th and 29th of 2019, they have a Professional Builder's Under 40 Executive Summit taking place in San Francisco. And man, I love San Francisco so much. That's worth it to go right there because it's in San Francisco. Did I ever tell you that San Francisco is one of only two other cities that my wife, Michelle, said she would live in? Uh, Other than Dallas and what's the other one? London. London. Yeah. Interesting. So Dallas, San Francisco, or London. Anyway, Professional Builders Under 40 Executive Summit is an educational event where younger home building professionals can learn from both industry giants and peers, discuss topics that are current, relevant, and useful, and take away proven and practical strategies. The summit offers a housing tour of innovative projects in the Bay Area, a full day of presentations, discussions, and networking, complimentary registration for PCBC 2019, the event welcomes home building company owners and executives, as well as sales, marketing, purchasing, operations, construction, and design professionals. For more information, check it out at www.under40summit.probuilder.com forward slash 2019. And that's 40 as two numerals, not 40 spelled out. <laughs> not Roman numerals either. No. Regular numbers. Yes. There'll be a link in the show notes. Check it out. Go see it, San Francisco. And go get a bread bowl and tell them Bob sent you. <laughs> I don't know if this is like a category of vacation or trip, but when I turned 30, my wife said, we're going to go to St. Lucia. That's where we went. Which, can I tell you, amazing place to be terrible place to go what that means is the getting there the act of getting there was brutal it's the worst it took a full day and it was exhausting and it's just like oh because we flew from dallas to miami 
then Miami to the island of St. Lucia, which is not that big. I think it's only like two miles at its widest, and it's about seven miles from top to bottom. Yeah, roughly. And you fly in on the southern portion, and you've got to drive. You're like, it's only seven miles, bro. <laughs> it's like... No, it's the worst seven miles of like your life. It's like eight billion miles with all the switchbacks, up and downs, and you're driving over these pitons, and... And it was, and you know, it's terrible. Get chickens out of the road in some of the places where, I mean, it was crazy. And road is a, a loose term. In some places, the road was kind of rough, but it was beautiful. We were excited. We we're like, it's going to be amazing. When we arrive at the hotel, my sister was very nice about this. And she had, I don't know how she figured out where we were. Maybe she called my wife, I didn't, but I didn't think she did. We walk in and there's a gift basket from one of my sisters and has a bottle of champagne and a happy birthday. And here's some delectable island fruits and snacks. A piton beer? No, there wasn't piton beer there, but it was just a warm bottle of champagne. And I was like, well, we're not going to drink it now because it's warm. And so we ended up going down to the pool. And for some reasons, a lot of German people go to St. Lucia. Mm -hmm. It's very, I, I don't know what, I don't know why. There's just a lot of Germans there. So we're just sitting on the beach and, or rather at the, by the pool on these lounge chairs, swimming occasionally, just kind of defragging before we go on these adventures. and. They start passing out these cards, and they're going to play poolside bingo, which the guy would roll, he'd say it in English, and then he'd say it in German. So when you say, like, G55, 55G, that's how he would say it. Yeah. And then he'd go, Gay, fünf und fünfzig, fünfzig und fünf, gay. And it made my wife crack up. Because <laughs> he would say, fünfzig und fünf, fünfzig und fünf. Like every number in German, she thought sounded hilarious. Really funny. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. So they did four rounds of bingo. And there's probably 50, 60 people playing poolside yeah. bingo. Okay. Of the four, we won three of them. And the prize? A warm bottle of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have four warm bottles of champagne. The one that we didn't win... Went to like a 12-year-old boy, and they gave it to him. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. You should give that little kid that bottle of champagne. Yeah, well, let it ride. You know, I was like, well, he's on vacation too. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, warm. So, you know, I'm looking at him like, oh, look how they did these things. And I'm trying to turn this into like a how can I better myself as a human being kind of trip. And one of the things we did, and this turned out to be amazing. Talk about just an accident. I would never do this now. You have to meet with like a re tour representative when you go to St. Lucia. And you don't have to do anything, but you meet and they say, here's all the great things that this island has to offer. We can set you up on tours of any one of them. That's funny. I didn't have to do that when I was there. We did. When we were there, we had to do it. Hmm. It was a non-issue, right? It took 10 minutes. No big deal. We're like, yeah. we're like hard pass. Well, it was kind of raining one day, sprinkling. And so we're sitting in the lobby, which is not indoors. It's covered, but it's all open, open air. air. And this guy who's wearing like a drum major uniform, which is what they wear. Mm -hmm. This is a government official. And he goes, are you waiting for your representative? And we're like, no, it's just raining. And we don't know what we're going to do because we didn't plan on it raining. And he goes, well, I can show you around if you want. He goes, I'm done. I just met with my last person. So I'm done for the day. If you want, I can show you around. And my wife, I look at each other. And instead of going, no, <laughs> I, we don't <laughs> know you. Murder us. <laughs> we don't know you. We went, that sounds amazing. So he goes, well, great. So let's go back to my place. <laughs> I've got I'm, a very big freezer. And I'm going to change clothes and then we'll, we'll just go do a bunch of stuff and it'll be a great time. So we're like, let's do that. So we get in this guy's car and we go to where he lives, which was what they called a bachelor's house. 
mm-hmm. which is really, there were like six houses in a circle. And when I mean houses, these are like one room huts, mm-hmm. right? They were not fancy. Yeah, 200 square feet. If that. I mean, it, I think it was just really like a closet and a bedroom. That was it. Because mm. they had, in the center was a bathing facility, a restroom facility, and a cooking facility. Mm. So you didn't cook your food in your place. Yeah, you went out. You, yeah. you went to this. And so what happened is it was like this community of bachelors. Like no women were living there. This was, a, this was bachelor's apartments. So he changes clothes and he's explained this. And I'm like, ooh, that's architecture. So I'm like diagramming how it gets done. And it's like, oh, this is pretty cool. I'm talking Dorking about out. Dorking out over it. Well, throughout the course of the day, you know, we climb up one of the pitons and I saw my first land crab, which I didn't know that was even a thing. And they're like orange and red. Mm-hmm. And I, we're like in the rainforest. And I was like, oh my God, look at the size of the crab. It was like the size of a, like a, a salad plate. And my wife goes, where? And I go, right there. And just then it like, you know, does that crab sideways uh-huh. and then shoots up the side of a tree. Yeah. I'm like, what? There's crabs in the trees? Yeah, that is <laughs> scary. Yeah, and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then we learned that they put blue bags over bananas because bats can't see them then mm-hmm. at that point. So it yep. keeps them from ruining them. And then we end up driving back. It's kind of the end of the day. We're driving back to our hotel. I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's no tourists where we're at. And there's these people walking down this like tiny street. And he goes, oh, this is a mother's party. And then he goes on to tell us that there's no organized uh, health insurance in St. Lucia. Or at least it's hard to get it. And so what happens is these different neighborhoods have mother's groups. And each mother's group will have a party. And all the other neighborhoods come to the party. And the money that they make goes to help pay if somebody's kid in that mother's group, like say they fell and break their leg and they go to the doctor. The mother's group has a A fund fund for that, huh? That will pay for that to happen. The way that they get the money to feed and pay for those things is by having these parties. So we go to this party. Nobody looks like us. I mean, Mm -hmm. nobody's dressed like us. Everyone else knows what they're doing. We have no idea. They're like cooking stuff and they're deep frying conch fritters. I didn't know what that was. And I'm like, yeah, I'll eat that. <laughs> Whatever it is. Sure. It looks, it smells good. So I'm gonna eat it. There were cockfights going on. Yeah. I mean, it was the most crazy thing I've ever seen in my life. And it was amazing. And I thought I would never have seen that had I not have just opened myself up to say, sure, why not? What if? Nowadays, if my daughter said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, I'd say, there's no chance you're doing that. <laughs> yeah, no way. Do you have like birthday trips um, that are different from regular trips? I wouldn't say birthday trips, but I had an anniversary trip in St. Lucia, actually. Yeah. And it was, yes, horrible, horrible to get there. I actually flew into the smaller airport that's on the other end. Oh, really? Of the island. So there's a big one that you could go from straight from Miami. I don't think, I don't think that one existed when I was there. Like there were, at the very point, they were even building a new hotel. Yeah. But it was not open yet. So me, when I wanted to do it, because those car rides that are you were talking about earlier are terrible. The last time I was on one in Jamaica, I got really sick. And I'm like, I know it's four miles. I'm not getting a car to drive four miles to cross St. Lucia or whatever. you know. So <laughs> we're going to fly into where it's only one mile yeah, or less than a mile. But I had to fly Dallas to Miami. But then I had to fly Miami to San Juan, Puerto Rico. Mm. And then get on a tiny plane. Not tiny, but smaller plane. To go from San Juan to that airport in St. Lucia. And then do your one mile. Yeah, and then just get in a taxi or whatever. Car ride. Yeah, it was a piece of cake. There was fire coral. Did you know? Did you run into any fire coral? No, I did not. I didn't know that was the thing either. And we're, we're on this boat and snorkeling. Yes. And I feel like I just got shot in the neck. Like something really hurt. I'm looking around going, there's something dangerous in the water. <laughs> something just killed me. Yeah. And then I'm like, I don't see anything. So I keep swimming. And I feel it again, but it's a different spot. And it starts feeling like, how like a really bad ant bite feels. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's all over. 
And I'm like, oh my God, there's something in the water. <laughs> Which is probably not the thing you should shout when there's a bunch of bunch people, people in, in the water. water. Yeah. And turns out other people were getting stung. It was just like these little infinitesimal pieces of coral, coral yeah. that touch you, it stings you. And they're like, everybody's got to get out of the water. There's fire coral that's like rampaging through this area. Yeah, no, I didn't get that. I mean, I had somebody mention it. I think we went snorkeling. So I took the shorter route and... Your experience is funny. It sounds very similar to mine. And we paid for this boat tour because we were at the other end away from the Pitons. Yeah. So we took a boat tour that picked up from a couple of places and we drove up to the Pitons. We went snorkeling around there. And then the guy had, it's a local dude who owns a boat. Sure. <laughs> and, he's like, I got an idea. And he's going to do it. And went up there and then. We got off the boat. We hiked to the sulfur, sulfur volcanoes that they have there. Yeah. Fun, smelly. Um, and, then, and then there was a mud bath place that we went to. Oh, we, didn't do, we didn't do that. And then we actually went and ate dinner. Or, no, I'm sorry. We ate lunch. And this little local village, it was like, you know, his sister's cousin's mom. There was about 10 of us. And we were kind of almost the only people in there. We were definitely the only ones in there that were like us. But it was a really fun day. And then we met people from these other resorts. And then that night we all went to a street party, which was exactly as you described it. There's all the stuff going on. You're like, man, this is not legal stuff. We're, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. But they're all having a good time, you know. And it was a really good, really good night. I can still remember meeting those people and going to do this and going to do that. And again, it's not, I didn't try to turn it into architecture at all. Yeah. It was actually to get away from everything. Now, when you want to get away with everything, you go to Colorado. Uh, yeah. You go somewhere where phones don't work and internet's not available and... I guess I go there because that's where my family goes more than anything, though. I would go somewhere it wasn't, but it would probably be on the beach back to somewhere like that where I could just... If yeah. I wanted, I could have it, but I wouldn't have to. You know, I've found that, that as I've gotten older, my knowledge base of architecture and buildings and history and how they all weave together is profoundly deeper than it was when I was younger. But I find myself now doing less architecture-centric activities than I did when I was younger. Yeah, I think that comes with the family and everything, though. Like you say, the kids and the wife and all those things give you other parts to deal with. That's what becomes valuable as opposed to seeing this Well, you know what? You but, know, I, but I wonder. I wonder. So we have a mutual friend. We'll call him Michael. He goes on vacations with his family, and they go do stuff he doesn't want to do, and he goes and does stuff that they don't want to do. And I always thought that was kind of unusual. My default would be, hey, why don't we find something that we all want to do or find some compromise where all of us get a little bit of what we want, but not all that we want. All that we want, yeah. I even mentioned, I said, hey, I'm going here to do this thing. He's like, well, you need to go see this building. You can't go to some town somewhere without him telling you, you need to go here. And see this thing. You need to go see this thing. And I like to think I have a pretty good mental library of buildings, but it's not like his. Yeah. Because he works at it constantly. I mean, it's what he does. You know, I was sitting there thinking about all these other kind of adventures that I've had, like on holidays. And I honestly don't think that, I don't think I've had any architectural adventures. I've had trips that were architecturally based. I mean, I was in, I traveled for five or six months in Europe when I was in college. But the things I remember, you know, the buildings were checking boxes. Yeah. They were on a list. They're on the list. Go see this, go, go see, see that. that. Yeah. And the adventures were, was that was the life part. That's what happens while I was awake. Yeah. Now that I'm the age that I am, and I'm trying to think, well, do I have architectural adventures anymore? And I was like, I don't think so. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm super happy 
It's not like, oh, I'm sad. I don't have architectural adventures. Architectural adventures. Yeah, because I'm kind of thinking, I don't really think I ever had any architectural adventures. It was really life adventures that had architecture in them. Well, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's everybody's life at some point. But yes, we might have a tendency to focus on the architecture part every once in a while. A little bit more than others that aren't architecture majors, architects. Well, well, then I wonder how, like, say, AIA events, like, say, even the Texas Society of Architects, their tours, like, we go to the convention or conferences or all these things, and those really are, it's sun up to sundown, you're with other architects, Mm -hmm. you're looking at architectural products, you're going on architectural tours, you're talking about keynote speakers, you know, whatever the case may be, it really is a deep dive into all things architecture. So I guess maybe those qualify as architecture adventures. I think those do. Because to me, those do now. At least I try to make them that way because it's easier. Everybody that you're there with wants to do the same stuff. Yeah. Everybody's kind of got the same checklist. Probably if I didn't do that, I would try to work more of it into my other vacations, my other holidays. Sure. I mean, you and I had an adventure in Chicago that's not safe for air. (laughs) And it had nothing to do with architecture. (laughs) Yes, it did, actually. (laughs) The architecture of a lot of steak. Paper architecture. It had to do with paper architecture. <laughs> I think that even with these conventions, and I go to my fair share of conventions. I probably go to more conventions than other people do, quite honestly. I think I kind of want to get away from it. it. It becomes too much for me, even. Especially, like, say a couple years ago, right after the, the blog had really been taken off, and other people were starting to do that, and there's this whole group of us that kind of knew each other digitally. Yeah. And we're like, let's all meet face-to-face. It was a big moment. Yeah. And that's kind of been going on at every national convention for like the last five or six or seven years, yeah, right? Yeah. And I like all those people. I really don't like doing those events because it's like herding cats. Like everyone, I go, you know, I don't want to talk to 20 people because I go, I can't talk to 20 people. I can talk at 20 people, but I can't talk to 20 people. Yeah. I want to talk to one or two people and deep dive. That's my evening. That's what I want. Because you know what? Other people, they, they get mad because you didn't talk to them. And maybe I make too much into it. But I don't like those big group event things. Yeah, they're difficult for you. They are difficult. But I say those still work as my architectural vacations. And that allows me to not focus on architecture later. What does later mean? At a different trip, another oh. time. Yeah, so you're saying if I get it out of my system now, I can go do a non-architecture trip with other people that aren't as interested in this as yeah. I might be. And then it's about the people and... I notice the architecture stuff when I'm there because you can't not as an architect, but nobody focuses on it. So you're out doing other stuff and having non-architectural activities. Yeah, see, that doesn't happen for me. I think every trip we go on now, and maybe it's just because my family's cool about it, that normally there's always some sort of, like even when we went to Finland, my wife let me burn an entire day going and doing Alvaralto stuff. Yeah, it's because she's nice to you. She was nice. And and, and she kind of likes it. Like she understands, she sees this and goes, "Uh, this house is kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, we stopped in at Italia to look at the Alvaralto vases and all the glasswork stuff that he designed. We went to his house. We went to his studio. I mean, we went and had a drink that was in his name. Yeah, it was <laughs> Alvaralto Day. It, it was. All, we walked around the school where he designed the vast majority of the buildings mm-hmm. over there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which our friend Michael was like, uh, you need to make sure you go see all these buildings. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I am. That's part of the plan. At least you got the day. Yeah, but it was... It wasn't an all-day, every-day kind of thing. Yeah. That was actually a really good trip. My Finland trip was awesome. I loved it. And we also, we took a day trip, took a ferry across the sea, the Baltic Sea, I guess, and went to Estonia. Okay. And went to the city of Tallinn, 
which I think is, you know, it's a real medieval city. I think it's like one of the most well-preserved examples of a medieval city. Because it's way up there. Maybe. I mean, they still have like their wall that rings the city. City. Mm -hmm. I think they still have like 80% of it's in place. Wow. That's where the president lives. And they're like, yeah, right there. He's right there. I see one guy with a gun between me and the president. The president. Of Estonia. We had a great time walking around and just seeing stuff. And I thought, you know, you're those moments where you go somewhere and it's amazing. You kind of go, I could live here. Like, I think I can make this work. This would be okay. Yeah. When the reality is, no, I couldn't. Yeah, there's there's no, no way. I don't want to live in Finland where it's like that cold. Yeah. What it is, it's a lot of that. That'd be culture shock, I think. As I've aged, I've come to realize that as much fun as it is to go visit somewhere amazing, it doesn't really matter unless you're with people who can help you make memories of that place. These trips that I've taken and the memories that I've made as a result of taking those trips are only really cataloged in my mind because of the ancillary memories that were created almost as byproducts of the point of going to wherever it was we were going. Now, when I think of any trip I went on in any architectural buildings I went and looked at, they're all bracketed by things that are not architecture driven. And those are the things I think of first that almost segue into the, and I went to Alvaralto's house. Mm-hmm. So, and I was at Notre Dame. I got you. And I was at Notre Dame. Yeah. But the first part was chasing birds in the park. Mm-hmm. And then we went to Notre Dame. So we're going to move on to the segment of the show where Andrew and I humanize ourselves. We have today my favorite. Yeehaw. The hypothetical. Woo-hoo. Yeah. So today's hypothetical. You ready? You want to hear it? Yes, I do want to hear it. Okay. You wake up one morning to find that you have been secretly whisked away and deposited on a remote and hot yet lustily vegetated deserted island with no chance of rescue for the next five years. Pinned to your shirt is a note that tells you you can have three things to aid you during your island vacation. What three things are you going to ask for? Let me see. Me, it's a deserted island, and it's just me. It's just you. Just me. And I and there I try to put clues in here by saying it's hot and lushly vegetated. So that should give you an idea of what part of the world you might be living in. Like in terms of like temperature. Yeah. Uh lushly vegetated. So that also could give you some kind some of stuff. Paint a picture here. I got you. All yeah. right. So what three things? Okay. I think the first one seems like it's easy to me and it's like a hatchet. Okay. So I can do a lot of stuff with it. That might be the most useful tool, I think. Oh, let me ask you this. Because what if our lists are the same? So let's, you do one, then I'll do one. All right, we'll do it then. All right. So the hatchet, because the most useful tool I think you can have. Yeah. I can cut down trees where I can sharpen sticks to Make do whatever I need. Carve spoons. That's right. Whatever, you know. <laughs> that one will get me, if it's five years, actually, that should make it work. Yeah. Because that's the context I had to add to it. Yeah. It's like, it's only five, five years. Five years. So my number one item was machete. <laughs> So, okay. So essentially the same essentially thing. The same, thing. Yeah. same kind of premise. I sit there and think, well, I might need to build something that lifts me off the floor so I don't have bugs. Ant bites. Ants oh. and spiders that are just walking along the floor. Doop ba doop ba doo. Oh, yeah. check this out. Hunk. <laughs> so I go, I need to build stuff. Or maybe I need to chop into some coconuts, get some coconut water. I'm Sorry. probably doing a lot of yoga. Exactly. On. <laughs> maybe some goat yoga. Sand yoga. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I go hatchet's got to, or machete. Yeah. It's got to be number one. Yeah, I think so too. Or at least it should, maybe, maybe not, it has to be, but that seems pretty good, number one. 
What's your number two? I'm having some trouble with, is this sort of like Naked and Afraid we're talking about here? No, kind of, Or is it no. like Three Wishes from a Genie? Three Wishes from a Genie. Okay. All right. That's like the shirt just says, I want A, B, and C. And then it's just going to like box drops from the air or you show up the next day. Because someone puts you there and they're coming back to get you in five years. Okay. So right. you're going to wander off somewhere and you're going to come back and the stuff you want is there. I'm going to go with a lighter or a f- some kind of fire stick, flint lighter sort of thing. Something mm-hmm. to make fire. Yeah. Some sort of fire device. Because even though you said it's hot, it still gets cold. Yeah. yeah. In the jungle. That, that was my number two as well. I got to have something to burn. Yeah. I was trying to think of what the name is where you end up having like, you could take your knife and you have a, a, like a flint stick that mm-hmm. you could just kind of scrape and it creates sparks. Yes. Because I was like, well, I don't want a lighter because I'll run out of lighter fluid. Yeah, that's and I want like a giant box of matches because you know if can it you rains, imagine? You're, yeah. oh, oh, what if you get down to the last couple one? You're like, oh god, and you try to light it, and it breaks, and you're like, crap, <laughs> right? Like it's got to you yeah. have to start parceling them out. Yeah, like I can't use more than yeah. five years, three hundred sixty-five days. That means I need this many. I'm, I'm going a box of five hundred matches. <laughs> yeah. Right. I get ten per. I need like six a day because you know some are going to break or the little. Lighter How thing on the tip's going to flop off. <laughs> I want quality. Quality. You want good. No, but that's what I'm talking about. Like a flint lighter stick is what yeah. I'm talking about. It's like, actually, it's a metal tube kind yeah. of over a piece yeah, of we're, flint. And you just we're like, on it. Yeah, we want to make fire. We want to make fire. Yeah, number two. Some tool it. to make fire. Because that could also be personal safety. It's a heavily vegetated Yeah, if there's some island, critters there, there, could there could be some wild animals yeah. out there that see you as delicious. But if you have fire... They can be delicious. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And maybe fire, you can smoke things. Yeah. Not only like barbecue, but like mosquitoes don't like smoke. Maybe that's a way that you can deal with the bug situation. That's a good segue to my next thing. Okay, let's hear it. I don't know. I can't decide. The third one's hard. Well, it's not practical at all. Well, it depends. Like if you ask for a pillow. No, (laughs) I wouldn't. I was asking for, it would be like a... Mosquito net? Giant army-sized crate of off. Bug spray. You <laughs> bug want spray. bug spray. Yeah. I don't want to be... Because the bugs would do me in. Yeah. Because I guess my... Like, if I get bug bites of any kind, man, I, they drive me crazy. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I don't have the self-control to either not scratch them. Yeah. Or they just... They drive me nuts and I can't do anything else. I thought about that. Because I don't do bug bites well. Yeah. And I thought, there's no amount of bug spray that I could get my hands on that's going to last for five years. That's what I was saying. Like, if they drop ship me a full army crate of off, I don't know that. I think I can I make it work. I don't think you get that. I don't think on your list of three, you get to put a demand for how many. You can say, give me five, five years, years worth, of, worth of, of Domino's off. pizza. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> That's why I was asking first about what was this a genie scenario or a realistic scenario? I think it's a thing. You're asking for a thing. You're not okay. asking for so, Like, you can ask for a box of matches. You can't ask for 50,000 boxes of matches. Okay. I got you. So then if that's the... Everybody tries to cheat at these things. No, I wasn't trying to cheat. Just didn't know where the line was. So then, yeah, I'm like the mosquito netting, they would probably be my other thing. Again, that's a quantity thing. Well, it's just one. You know, it's not. It's a thing, you know. Well, but it comes in different sizes and... Well, it'd be the size you needed. Yeah, it's the size you need. These aren't wishes granted by a leprechaun who's trying to screw you over. Yeah. (laughs) This is actually someone who's honestly trying to help you. On your five-year secreted so, island vacation. I mean, I think it would be some kind of netting, mosquito netting, fine netting like that, that I could wrap myself up in I, so I could sleep. Yeah, see, I thought that that was something I might want. And I go, man, what would 
What if you get used to it and then it goes away? Like it couldn't be bug spray. So it might have to be the netting. Because remember, mosquitoes kill more people than anybody, anything else on the planet. That's right. But I go, I'm not sure how, think of all the time you're not going to be in your mosquito netting bed. Oh, I know. And it's not like house size. So it's not like you build your camp and put a net over your entire camp. It's like, it's over your bed. That's kind of the point. Yeah, over where you sleep. Yeah. So I started thinking, what would be some other things that would warrant some consideration? Like a hammock might, something that you could get you up off the floor of the jungle in which you're sleeping. You're not always constantly sleeping on banana leaves that one day you lay down on your banana leaf mat and a crap ton of leaf cutter ants come out. Because they're <laughs> yeah. like, wow, somebody already stacked Stuck up all these banana leaves, leaves for us. us. Yeah, great. So, so easy to get them. Something's going to crawl in the layers, right? Because that's what bugs do. So you're, half your day you're spending getting new banana leaves for your mat. you wow. got to get off the floor of the jungle. I think that's... So, so hammock, that's your next one, the hammock, huh? No, I'm, no, I'm undecided. You can't start going through a list undecided. of these. You've already like... I can. No, you know can't. what? I'm the, mo- I'm the moderator. <laughs> oh. Okay, here's another one. Fishnet. No, I'm just saying, maybe... This is number four. May you put that on like the ability to cast net into the ocean and get food. I was going to do that with my mosquito net. It would. They would tear it, and all of a sudden your mosquito net doesn't work. Mosquito net holes are small. I know they are. So I don't think you can double dip with your mosquito net. Just like I can't use my fish net as a mosquito net. Fine. But I, oh, there might be something to that. You don't want the fish. How, you might go hungry. I got my hatchet. I'm going to spear fish. Uh-huh. You think you got that kind of skill? I don't know. I got five years. So actually, you no. might not. You might not live. <laughs> I'm so hungry. Yeah. Uh, you well, can start looking for sea cucumbers. Like, how do you, when you cook it, how do you know it's done? Yeah, I don't know. Dried up, shriveled. Yeah. Because it looks like it's all juice. It shrinks up like bacon. Yeah. So much juice in <laughs> those things. <laughs> and they look poisonous. Yeah. I don't know what they are. I'm going to have to look that up when we're done. It's the, is it the puffer fish? Yeah. That's the one that's poisonous, right? That they, but they make sushi out of it. Yeah. And it has like to be like real, you have to be. You got to cut it just a certain way. Yeah. All that stuff. You got to be super good chef to do that. Yeah. I was thinking blowfish, but that's the same thing. Same thing, yeah. And it's like the liver. Yeah. With a nice candy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Clarice. Yeah, so here's the other part if you have a fish net. It's like beach. I mean, you've been to the beach. How many times do you have a net that you could throw and you're actually going to get a fish in it? Yeah. All right, so that might be like, that's a complete waste. So I would not get a fishing net. What about a fishing pole? (laughs) Imagine when you lose your hook, like you don't get a bunch of hooks, I wouldn't think. This is again, this is an open ended question. So I'm just kind of pointing. I'm just walking. It's only one hook. I'm walking everyone through the logic. Truth is, I'd be good to get a mosquito netting bodysuit that (laughs) just wear. It has mat. What about shoes? Maybe shoes would have been a consideration. Actually, actually, we didn't say I didn't have shoes. So I'm assuming I showed up with shoes if somebody drops me off. Yeah. Can you imagine if you're wearing, you know, I don't know. Because I was going to say clothes. Your yeah. flip-flops. Like some kind of really inappropriate shoe. Yeah, I was right. going to say heels, but I not want to embarrass you that way. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Just what are they, Maybe your, your beach shoes. I mean, I wouldn't be wanting to chase after that boar that I was trying to get in my flip-flops. I know. I, yeah. But can you imagine if you had like tactical boots on and then like shorts? <laughs> you're like, well, you know, like here's a shirt and here's a... So many decisions that decide whether or not you're going to make it through these five years five have years. to do with like the moment in which you were stolen. <laughs> exactly. So where did you end up then? Mosquito net. Oh, okay. No, no, no. H- hammock. I'm going to go with hammock. Hammock. 
I think that's a good one. I would think I could devise a way for me to sleep above the ground, but it still wouldn't be as comfortable. I would imagine it's like having the hammock. Yeah. Especially those those ones you can get now that aren't net, but like. Oh, you can even zip it up if you that's want. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like those. If it's range, you're not going to get wet. Yeah. That's actually a pretty good one. If you do that, because then it's actually. Thank you, Andrew. Yeah. yeah you just thought it up. <laughs> I tend to walk around sing things yeah. out loud. Yeah. I wonder if I do that. I'm walking on a beach. <laughs> Looking for some coconut. There's a jellyfish. Don't step on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been three days like, is that is that the direction my madness would yeah, take me I, right yeah i wonder that too right yeah and the guy walk around just singing like really chipper songs about like terrible things <laughs> yeah going to kill some animals because i haven't eaten mm-hmm. in 20 days yeah. Yeah. you're super cute mr monkey eat my knife <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that friendly but yeah. terrible? <laughs> it was the best. It was the best I could come up with. Like this is pretty good. Eat my knife. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's not that funny. Stop. Uh, <laughs> are you just replaying it over in your mouth? Eat my knife. <laughs> okay. So Get it together. Get it together. No, but I knew you were going to turn it. I just didn't know it was going to be eat. Bad. I think that's, I do think that that's the, that's one manifestation of madness. Oh yeah. Right. Like, like I do tell, I'd, I'd want to go, Hey, have you heard that time? And I go, yes, of course I heard that time. Right. I was there. With you, like, would you be that person that talked to yourself, yeah, or would you, like, animate other things, other things into having a personality, like, like Wilson? Wilson, yeah, I don't know. I feel like you'd be both. I mean, I think you'd have to do all of it. Right? I would definitely talk at. Oh, so that's how you want to do this, you know? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I would say to a rock. <laughs> you know, man, I'm walking. I trip over it. That's what I would say to my knife. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody even knows what you said. I know. That's I said that's what I say to my knife right before I feed it to a monkey. <laughs> that's terrible. It's not even that funny. We're gonna go. What is wrong with those two? <laughs> oh, I just got on it. Now I can't. Oh, once you get the giggles, it's like that's just what it is. It's terrible. My chest hurts. <laughs> This is like I've been working out by laughing. <laughs> Maybe sore tomorrow. What do you, happened? Do you, even, laugh, do you even laugh, bro? Do you even laugh? <laughs> hey, uh, we're gonna trademark that. It's going on a shirt. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. What about laugh, the monkey? Eat my knife. <laughs> that what's going on a shirt? <laughs> or is it? Do you even laugh, Dude, bro? Not both of them now. <laughs> you just you want yeah, the monkey? You let him. <laughs> Imagine as people, they don't know the story, and they're just going to see you walking down the street with a shirt that says, I eat my knife, and there's a monkey. They're going to go, wow, that guy is, that's so uncool. Nah, it's okay. I was singing at the time. We were all having a good time. It was just my fantasy of what I would do on an island. Yeah. I don't know about a fantasy. That's dark. 
All right. I'm going to shut it down. This is like the entire blooper reel right here. (laughs) Is you laughing your brains out. Okay. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I'm going to call that a wrap. Thank you for being with us today for episode 23, The Fun Show. The Fun Show. If you like today's episode and can find it in your heart, please take the next 30 seconds and head on over to iTunes. Subscribe to the podcast so you can get fresh new episodes automatically downloaded to your podcast player of choice. While you're there, please leave us some feedback as we really like to hear your thoughts on the show and a five-star, oh my God, I can't believe that really happened rating. Be sure to visit the original lifeofanarchitect.com for show notes, links, info, and photos from this episode. Be sure to stick around until the very end and we'll reward you with our version of a blooper reel. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take it easy, everybody. Cheers. You know, the thing that I couldn't stop laughing at when I was doing the last bit of editing? Mm. Oh, we will reward you. Like, <laughs> I knew I bombed it. Yeah. But you making fun of me, <laughs> you said it like, you went, that was rough. Hopefully we will reward you. <laughs> I was like. What is that with the gurgling? I don't, you're a gurgler. I am a gurgler. Like, but it's like a. It it, it comes from nowhere. It only yeah. exists like right here. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. No, it does. Don't give me a warning either. Uh, yeah. Did you see how I looked at my mic? Like, what is my mic doing? I know. I saw you <laughs> like. Where's that noise coming from? What is that? Mic? It's not out of your mic, man. <laughs> it is not coming out of your mic. He's like, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> you know what would be delicious in addition to water? It's not quenching my thirst, really. (laughs) What are we doing? Fun show? Fun show. The fun show. Imagine like Calliope music playing. Okay. Little people pinwheeling through the bedroom. (laughs) Little tiny ones here. Otherwise known as a typical Friday night at the Borson House. All right. Fair enough. Those donkey rides later. (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.